Right, I hope everybody has been scared with our uh, new intro. This is the Locomotive episode. This is the Locomotive special of the Whatever This Is podcast. It is our 11th episode. Thanks a lot, as always, for uh, the support on all of our previous episodes. This week, we have two substitutions. This week, we have two new people joining us. Well, not new. Uh, Artem is back after he had technical difficulties with his um, car last week. Artem, how are you doing? What's up? It's good to have you back. can't believe you called me new there for a second. I mean, um, it is a substitution, though. It's a substitution, but I'm not new. I've been here. I've been here from the start. Um, it's good to be back, finally. Um, I honestly feel the same without being on this podcast last week. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's heartening to hear, and it is, of course, great to have you back. And this week, we have we have a very special guest this week. We have, as you, You'll probably see him on the screen, and he's going to introduce himself right now. We have the king of Russian football troll Twitter. We have a fervent locomotive fan, one of the biggest fans of this podcast, one of the guy who's always uh, lightening up our, our mentions and, and you know retweeting the podcast and helping us out. An RFN writer featured on the Guardian for TV weekends. Big man, okay? He's a very special guest and we're honored to have him on the podcast. Ilya Sokolov, how are you doing? What's up? Uh, yeah, hi, guys. Introduce yes, yourself. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, appreciate that. And... Go Royals, Alamanis. Go, <laughs> go, go Royals is is uh, already one of the best guests we ever had with Go Royals. Um, people who follow my Twitter would know what what the Royals are. But uh, this week we've actually got um, the the bulk of this podcast is just going to be us talking to Ilya about locomotive. We have a special locomotive thumbnail which you guys will probably see. Uh, we're going to discuss Semin, Kiknarze, Kwicha, trains. RZD, everything, everything which has to do with locomotive. But there were actually some things to discuss this week, so we'll start off with them. The main thing is the horrible, boring international break, which is basically an international uh, COVID festival. And Russia lost a game to Sweden in a friendly, and uh, they also played Turkey and drew that game. They play Hungary tonight. So, Artem, uh, have you watched any of these games? What have you thought? Have your thoughts on the international break changed? And... Um, yeah, just, just what do you feel about the international break so far? I didn't watch the Sweden game, and thank God, because that result is not great, is it? Uh, I, did, I heard Russia didn't play well either. Um, but uh, I did watch the Turkey game. We looked right. good in the first half. Uh, we looked like we controlled the ball quite well. We looked like the team that was going to go on and win. And then Turkey came back, scored that goal, and Russia in the second half just were not really provided, like really not threatening the Turkey defense. So a bit disappointing to see, but we're still top of the group. If we win tonight, we all but secure that first place spot. So, so right, that's true. Do hope for a win. I'm not going to be watching the game. I've not watched a single international game this uh, in this break. Ilya, what Are you about boycotting? you? I am essentially boycotting. Even if I wanted to, I just can't focus on them because they're just so irrelevant. Like, what's the point? Like, there's no. I honestly would rather watch like PFL or FNL or some dumb friendly between RPL clubs, honestly. But uh, Ilya, what about you? Have you been keeping track of the international break? And what are your thoughts on the international break in general? Uh, you know, there's a joke in Russian Twitter. Uh, people who watch uh, National League National League's games, uh, they also add uh, cold water to their tea and they remove <laughs> pickles from cheeseburgers. So like... There's a question for you. Do you add uh, cold water to your tea and remove pickles from cheeseburgers? 
No, I do not add. Who adds cold water to their tea? <laughs> That's one of the weirdest things. I've, do you mean like adding cold water to like hot tea or do you mean like having yeah. iced tea or something? No, no, like the tea is too hot and you add cold water to it. That is psychopathic behavior. Who does that? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do that with milk, to be fair, to cool it down. But like, no, milk is fine. But like, so you make you make tea and you're putting just wait for the tea to cool down. Ilya is Ilya is giving us some groundbreaking information already. But um, yeah, I presume you haven't watched any of these games then, Ilya. Yeah, I I just uh, I turned on the TV, but I didn't watch. Uh, I'm happy for Miranchuk to score because he's just simply the best player in the team right now. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I I watch it in, in international during international break. I don't I didn't watch anything. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, listen, all I have to say about the international break is first of all, congratulations to the U21 team. They're actually a lot more exciting than the senior team. I still think they would beat the senior team. They beat Latvia 4-1 and they've qualified for the U21 Euros next summer. But I mean, to end on the international break, I, I tweeted saying I actually, that... Sorry, sorry, Hannah, I actually okay. forgot. I watched one game, uh, Serbia against Norway, uh, and I thought Norway would easily beat Serbia, what we've seen before against Russia. Uh, I, I was surprised, like, how stupid Lars Lager back, uh, how can can't just understand how to play football because Norway was... Something like Faroe Island. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it that Nations League playoff though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, see, those ones I can still understand because you go to the Euros from that. But like the regular Nations League games, I just I just can't. But um, yeah, speaking of Scandinavian teams, uh, Russia played uh, a back three of Zhanayev, Kutepov and Kudryashov. And all I said was, any team that can't score two goals minimum against that defense deserves to be banned from football or put on fraud watch and gladly for Sweden they did so they're a legitimate football team thanks to that um then we have the RPL is coming back this weekend I think I don't really know what games are there and the Champions League comes back next week we're probably going to do a stream Ilya you have to join us for our Champions League streams by the way last time you were in the chat this time you have to be in the call itself um yeah sure I'd be happy to troll oh, we've got two big games them. Yeah, we've got Rotor Tambov and CSK Dynamo. Those are the. I was thinking more Zen against Sochi. That's a that's a rivalry right there. Zen yeah, versus Zen too. And you've got Spartak versus Spartak too. Yeah, that's true actually. And you've got. Uh, do Lokomotiv always lose to Ufa or is that some other club? Jeez, uh, I don't know what to think about Ufa right now after you've saved leaving. Nah, yeah, they they're going down for sure. That's. Uh, they're going down for sure. But yeah, we've got some interesting games, so might be worth keeping an eye on that. Then we're going to move swiftly on to transfers. Not that there are many. The window's closed. Um, but today we had some news about uh, Rostov, who, in my opinion, have moved like a proper mid-table club this window. They're going to sign uh, Terentiev from Zenit, and they're going to loan back, or they're going to loan uh, Chistiakov to Zenit. Now... And Wendell has also arrived in St. Petersburg, so Zenit is sort of getting a, a late transfer flurry. Artem, what do you think about that transfer? And uh, do you think that Chistiakov, where do you think Chistiakov will play? Do you think he'll be like a like a backup centre-back? Or do you think he might actually have a chance of getting into the starting eleven? 
firstly, this is the first time that I'm hearing of this news. Um, and just, second of all, I... I, I just uh, messaged that to you on Twitter. What do you mean you're the first time you're hearing this news? Man, I'm just like... Okay, I've been awake for a while, but I haven't been focused yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I think he'll probably be a backup, but I, I honestly, I don't know what to think of that transfer. What about you? What do you think? I think he'll be fine, and I think he's going to be as good as Lovren, and I think we should have just bought him and a couple of others. Okay, so. that's just a ridiculous statement. He's not going to be as good as Lovren. Like. Lovren's not that good. If Lovren was... If you had if you had a player with the skill set of Lovren, with the exact skill set of Lovren, okay, and he was Russian, you would not be raving about him. He would be mid. That is absolutely not true. What are you Lovren is better yourself? than any Russian center back. That's not what I'm saying is if Lovren, like, if you had a player who was exactly as good, hypothetically, yeah. as Lovren. And he exactly. was just Russian, and he played for Sochi. We would not be talking that highly about him. Like, hang on, we talk about hang on. If there was, mad high if there was a Russian team. player the same level as Lovren, he would not be playing for Sochi in the first place. Okay? That's Second true. of all, right, I was raving about Chikia and Kutepov. So there is a 100% chance of me raving about Lovren as a Russian. Okay, what do you think? Ilya, first of all, what do you think about Lovren? <clears throat> oh, Lovren, I think he's like in top three uh, among like Russian central defenders. Uh, of course, not number one because two of them play for Lokomotiv. Uh, Charluka and Rykovic are better Rykovic, than yeah, Lovren, exactly. right? <clears throat> but, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I mean he's fine for Zenit. He's fine. He wouldn't get into mm-hmm. Lokomotiv's team, no. He, yeah, of course he would not get into Lokomotiv's team. They have uh, Lisov and they have Listsov and another guy with that similar name. Lokomotiv, I mean, their depth is just unparalleled. But I don't know how... If you give, like, if Kverkele goes on loan from Lokomotiv, how can you be in this team? I cannot believe his exactly. fall from grace. He was linked to a massive move to the Premier League, like, just two years ago. Like, West Ham were watching him. They were willing to pay, like, 10 million or something for him. Like, he was rated as one of the best centre-backs in the league. And now, yeah. like, Jesus Christ, he's just gone downhill. But Ilya, did he actually go downhill or was he just, did he just uh, stagnate? Because I think he's still not a bad player. I think he's still good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I talked about him uh, with the Ahmad Grozny scout. It was like five years ago and he said something like, He's the best central defender in the league. Well, he was in Rubin, actually. And I remember him playing for Lokomotiv in the Champions season. He was really good. He was fine. But, but I mean, later, maybe he didn't like to be on the bench. Uh, maybe he uh, had some clash with Hevedus. I don't know. But, I mean, uh, it happens sometimes to... <clears throat> Georgian players, you know that they stagnate. So, but I don't want to say any names, but you know them. No, so, I'll say the names for you. Ilya uh, is Ilya is planning a whole ten-minute uh, rant on Kuicha as we go on in this podcast. <laughs> Everybody's gonna listen to that. We'll get to that in a second. But okay, Artem, do you think Lovren is the best centre back in the league? Um, 
No, I don't. Okay, who's better than him? I think Rakitsky is better than him. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. You think like if you think like it, how do you think Lovren is a good deal if you think Rakitsky is better than him? I think Rakitsky is better than him. I think Rakitsky is more solid. But yeah, I think I that I together, I think that together they're a great partnership. What do you mean? Why did why would we sign him if Rakitsky is better than him? I think that Rakitsky is the solid one, whereas Lovren is the one who's going to have a world class performance or play all right. All right, that's fair. I think he's okay. the thing is if think think about it this way, right? Lovren can play a game that's like, you know, let's say five out of ten, but he can also play a game that's nine out of ten. Rakitsky's usually just a seven or an eight, yeah. So if you can have one player who's consistently putting up those seven or eight numbers, and have one player who like has potential to put up really really high numbers, I think that's a good partnership. Okay, and where do you think? What level do you think Chistiakov is at? Six out of ten on a consistent basis. I'm not gonna lie and say I've watched enough of him to judge. I really haven't. So I'll leave that up for other people to judge. I don't think he's gonna get in the team ahead of Lovren or Rakitsky. Yeah, no, that that that's true. Ilya, what do you think of Chistiakov? Do you think he can start for the Neat maybe, or do you think he's a he's just a lower class Rakovic? Uh, why do you mock like Rajkovic? I, I mean, did you watch Rajkovic's stats? First of all, no, because he played he's not against... in three years, though. Yeah, yeah. This is the guy who played against Bayern Munich in a 90-minute game, and it finished 1-1. I mean, do you know many players? When who was do that? that? <clears throat> uh, just check his stats, dude. like find Rajkovic and transfer mark and see. Yeah. What there are actually other play? games against Bayern, but I won't mention them. Uh, so, I mean, the guy will show his class uh, in the Champions League for sure. So, how can you compare Chistikov to Rajkovic? I don't get it. As for Zenit, of course, they have uh, the best pair of defenders in the league. Uh, Do you think so? Yeah. I think Torluka is better when he's healthy, but he's not, unfortunately. Torluka could be the best defender in the league, but... Unfortunately, he has only one leg because mm. I don't think I think he he's either just made of wood or something. He doesn't run or something. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah, think Rajkovic's stat lines in the in the RPL are likely to be something like games played ten, fights started fourteen. No, I think he's gonna play one game. He's gonna get red carded and never play again. I think he's gonna get his contract terminated in the winter break by Loco. That's my prediction. I'm dead serious on that. I do remember a legendary game Tarasov played against Zenit. It was five three, and he oh. went on the pitch, got yellow card. Oh, I remember that as well. <laughs> yeah, that was mad. That was like four minutes. He came on in the 82nd, and then he got red card in the 86th. But um. Yeah, what was I saying? I think we've been disrespecting uh, Zigo and Ziki a little bit because I think they are the best two centre-backs as well as the best uh, defensive partnership in the league. You think they're the best defensive partnership in the league? Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, Zigo, I think, is Zigo is, I think, on level with Rakitsky, maybe slightly better, maybe half a percent better. Right. But, like, I think Ziki... He's kind of he's kind of similar where he, like he he can have a really really good game, but I think more more often he's 
he he's not as good as like either Lovren or Kitsuki. I think that's I think the Zenith partnership is better. That's fair. I mean, I don't. I think top two are. We should do a Twitter poll on that, actually. Yeah, we we should. We will do a Twitter poll on that. And I also think uh, Gogua and Quelia is actually a good partnership for defense. Like, I'm not. I'm being dead serious. I think they are. They they should be playing at a better club than Rotor. Is is what I think. They've both been uh, memed a little bit, but I I do think that they can play at a, at a higher level. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get off this uh, topic. I don't even know where we got on it. Where we started off uh, talking uh, how about how much did you get uh, from Dimitris Saluk uh, um, praising Gogoa? Listen, man, listen. If I start talking about Dimitris Saluk, I will get either cancelled or I'll have a lawsuit, right? Artem knows about my theory about Dimitris Saluk. One day I'm going to share it on this podcast, okay? But, like, if anybody wants a hint, all you need to do, okay, you know what? We're going to talk about it now. Fuck it. We're going to go to Dimitris Saluk. We're going to check his pairs, right? All you guys need to do. We need to go to Dimitri Saluk's players. Have a look at a few of them, right? Just have a look at these ones that are down in the bottom. Look at their career paths. Look at the amount of games they've played and you'll you'll piece it together. There is some dodgy stuff going on over there. And allegedly. Allegedly, of course. Everything is alleged, okay? I'm just alleging everything. And uh Yaya Toure was a fluke. Dimitri Saluk has a career because of Yaya Toure, and that was a complete fluke. But uh, Ilya, I'm, I'm not being I'm not being paid by Dimitri Saluk. However, if Dimitri Saluk does want to pay me, I'd be more than happy to. Um, I'll come in here and talk about how Charles Kabore is the Burkina Faso Angolo Kante. I'll, uh, you know, I, I'll I'll do whatever you want. So Ilya has raised a good point there. If any agent wants to pay this podcast to plug their players, we'll be happy, more than happy. I'm sure, Artem will agree with that as well. But um, yeah, I'm down. I'm definitely down. Uh, but yeah. Moving on to the next transfer, Spartak have been linked to every right-back in existence. Um, I think they're going to bring out Danny Alves out of retirement, maybe even Philip Lam, perhaps play them at right-back. But most recently, they were linked to Victor Moses, and apparently it was all really, really close in medical time. They're going to loan him in. I would think that this is going to be a great transfer for them, as well as for Victor Moses. But um, I'm going to ask you, Ilya, what do you think of this transfer? And... Do you really think Spartak need a right back this desperately? Uh, first of all, I'm going to say I hate Victor Moses because uh, when I played football manager, uh, I was appointed by CSK Moscow uh, right. after being fired, fired from Spartak, actually. So, <clears throat> and they had only one right winger, who's Victor Moses, and he left uh, uh, in a winter transfer window for some and our Saudi Arabian team, and so I, I had no right wingers at all. I, I had to play with Oblekov on the right or something like that. The, I mean, the, the guy just betrayed me. So, wait, hold up. Are, aren't you betraying Lokomotiv by playing with both Spartak and CSK on football manager, though? Uh, it's kind of strange. I uh, first like I chose Lokomotiv as my favorite team, but uh, I started with Nizhny Novgorod, then. Ufa hired me, then uh, Spartak, and they fired me the same year they hired me. Then I was appointed by CSK, and I finally won the league for CSK Moscow. But then I was fired. Now I am in Krasnodar and finished playing. Save is still going. What? Is the save still going? Like, are you still playing that that save? 
uh, I have that say, but I haven't played it oh, for okay. like half a year because it's not no fun playing for Krasnodar. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you can understand that because yeah. uh, Galitsky is really hard. I mean, on coach, so I think yeah, they. I think Spartak always had a problem with right back because they had really good left backs. Like I think Kambarov was actually underestimated. Uh, but as for right backs, I remember Lokomotiv um, always always using that that spot. I mean, always scored goals from from that zone or made some really good crosses. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not sure Victor Moses can solve this problem. Maybe nobody can. Maybe need, they need Valencia. <laughs> Valencia would be nice. I'm not even joking. But, um, Artem, what do you think about Victor Moses? I would have really liked to see him in the Russian League. Yeah. I would have liked to see him at Spartak. Um, it's a shame that the transfer seems to have delayed, so... Maybe something else will happen, but I at this point I doubt it. Yeah, but I think because Victor Moses is uh, he's played like at so many places. He was at Fenerbahce, and if you remember that Zenit Fenerbahce game, the first leg, he was absolutely mental in that game. He's playing like prime Marcelo in that left back spot, and and I do think he will. Um, he, I think he probably should come to Spartak. I really hope he does. That would be a very good high profile transfer. They've been on fire on social media and on the pitch recently, so I think Victor Moses would only add to that. But, Artem, do you think something needs to be said about Shamil Gazizov or Spartak's transfer team? Because they've been linked, they've been almost as bad as Lokomotiv. They've been worse than Lokomotiv at trying to woo a right back. For Lokomotiv, they tried, they were linked with everybody, but they finally got Zay Lewis in the end. Do you think something needs to be said about how ineffective? Spartak's uh, team is in finding that one player that they need, or do you think it's just a, a regular regular transfer window and there's not much to be angry about over there? I actually think it's just a normal window. I think they've set their sights on uh, like high-profile players, maybe players that are just out of their reach. Right. So I think it's one of those cases where this is going to be another FM analogy. But like, do you ever get whenever you're looking for that perfect player and it's like? There's like maybe five players you want that are maybe just out of your reach that probably won't want to come to your club unless you like, you know, give them mad amount of money that you don't have. And then the rest of the, the players that you're looking for in that position are just shocking. So it's like yeah. you're going for those five players. And you're like, oh, I really hope one of them comes. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't happen and you end up without the, the player you want. So yeah, I think it's just one of those situations. I think that like... They're not. They're probably not gonna get a right back if they don't get Victor Moses at this stage. And they're gonna. In what what happens in football manager is uh, you don't find a player, then you have no replacement, so you promote the 16-year-old one-star rated right back, and he has a man of the match performance in his first game. That has happened to everybody, and uh, I'll be shocked if if it hasn't. But uh, they they who they have a Shenko and they do they still have Shishkin or did Shishkin leave? Do we know? No, Shishkin's mm-hmm. gone. Because they signed Shishkin for Spartak too. I don't know if he's still there or not, but whatever. I, I uh, forgot that even happened. Did I not have Raskaskov though? No? No, they, he went to Tula, I think. Did he? Jesus, I missed a lot. Yeah. 
he went to Tula. Uh, pretty sure he went to Tula. But yeah, there you go. He's at, he's at Arsenal Tula. Honestly, I don't know why they did that though, because he would have been fine. I don't know what uh, issue they have with him or if it's a contract dispute or whatever. But I just think, um, I personally think that Spartak really need to finish this off, get a right back or just stick with Roman Zobnin. I think he's been doing fine. But uh, it's getting tiring now. Every third day you have a Spartak really close to signing a right back and then nothing comes of it in the end. But um, next thing we're going to discuss, and this one was sent in by our good friend, friend of the show, who was on the pod. Uh, it was sent in by Richard David Pike, who is an RFN writer and uh, saying it for the third time, but a friend of the show. And this basically contains like the list of every player that's uh, in the Serie A, how much wages they're being paid. And we're going to specifically focus on two players, which are Eldor Shomorodov and Miranchuk. Now, Ilya, we're going to come straight to you. What do you do? You have any thoughts on Miranchuk being the fifth highest paid player in Atlanta, and he's being paid a one and a half million? Does that? Uh, I know you're going to say he should be paid ten million, but um. And what do you think of the overall transfer as well? How do you think he'll do at Atlanta? Yeah, first of all, if we talk about wages, <clears throat> I'm really proud of Miranchuk that he like agreed to such a wage because he definitely got more in Lokomotiv. He could get millions there, but he decided to move. And <clears throat> Atlanta just don't spend much on salaries. So that's why he gets only one. One and a half. Uh, as for the move, I hope he he'll shine in, uh, in Atlanta. But it's hard to say right now. There were like rumors that uh, Gasparini is not satisfied with his work. That like uh, he he's not really good in, in terms of pressing. <clears throat> I, I was just rumors because uh, uh, it's true that. In locomotive, he uh, got like more freedom than other players, and maybe he didn't defend well, so he was like free to such work. But I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, he's like ready to he's ready to play on uh, Gasparini standards and. Uh, We'll yeah. see. It's, it's really hard to say before he plays his first game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, Artem, we've already discussed Miranchuk, but I want to get to I want to get to Shomorodov and then I have another question for both of you guys. Now, Shomorodov is being paid 1.3 million, which is the second highest, joint second highest in the entire Genoa squad. Now, originally, like a few of the RFN guys, even yourself, I was slightly skeptical about this move because... Shomorodov has not been on the greatest form. It's a lot of money to pay. But the more I think about it, the more I think that Genoa are actually have a proper plan for him. And I think he's going to do really, really well. Because the last time I think they spent this much on a striker was for Diego Melito, who had a pretty decent career, to say the least. Uh, they also signed Piatek, who moved straight to Milan six months later. And he was, he was bought directly from the Polish League, I think. So they do have a history of signing strikers from let's say not the most cliched markets and doing really really well with them but Artem what do you think about Shomorodov being paid 1.3 million and have your thoughts on the transfer changed from last time 
No, the thoughts on the transfer still haven't changed, but it's it's mad to say that he's the second, joint second, um, highest paid player in that team. You know, I was only thinking, like looking at this graphic, I would love to see one of these for the RPL. I'd love it. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what? Look, because you like we, it's a known fact that players in the RPL are paid too much, okay, or a lot more than let's say most of these Serie A teams, right? When you look at Atlanta, it says Atlanta wage bill is in the bottom half of the Serie A, and Atlanta did extremely well in the Champions League. Now, I know the foreign limit is one thing, and I know that the Serie A is a much higher quality league than the Russian league. But, Artem, do you think that the RPL, with the amount of wages that it spends, the wages that it throws away on perhaps subpar players, do you think the RPL should be doing much better for itself, or do you think do you not think so? If that makes sense. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that the top of the Syria, like go back to the front, like go go back to Juventus and all those, like yeah. Like, if you look at how much money is being spent there, okay, in those five teams, I don't think that there's any team in the RPL that's spending that much money. And yet, I think that there's a couple of teams in Russia, like Zenit, that would probably compete with the likes of... Okay, they probably lose over, like, a two-leg series against, um, uh, against like, a, a Roma or a Milan, right? But they'd yeah. still have a chance. Like, there's no team... Like, I'd say Zenit's wage bill is probably... What would you say? Probably in between Fiorentina and Lazio would be my guess. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that Russian teams are actually, like Zenit, let's say, are performing at a level probably what they're expected to, if maybe not higher. I also think that the lower teams in Italy are just as bad as the lower teams in Russia. Yeah, 100% agree that. I think that the only thing that's really separating the Russian league from the Italian league here is you know, those top five teams in Italy haven't that much more money. I don't, I don't think that, like you said, the Russian players are overpaid. Like, overpaid, I, mean, I don't think is the word. Like, people are paid what they're, what people are willing to pay for them. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. I, I, I get that there's not that much of an incentive to pay players to win the RPL, for example, because the money isn't very high. Like, the, yeah. the money to win the RPL, the money to come any position in the RPL is not very high. But, is that made up in Champions League money? That made up in sponsorship? Sponsorship, maybe. Yeah, it depends on who you are, actually. But um, Ilya, what do you think? What, what do you think of um, comparison between the Serie A and the Russian league? And do you think wages are a bit too inflated in the RPL? And before you answer, actually, I just want to say that I am completely against any sort of wage cap, a hard wage cap, or anything of the sort. People say that so often that oh you know what players are being you know paid too much and to even the playing field we need to have um lower like a wage cap or something i think a percentage wage cap wherein your wages should be limited to x percent of your revenue that's better but i think people that say that oh you know what we're going to limit it to like a fixed sum so one million per year i think they have no idea what they're talking about in all honesty so i am in favor of of more financial freedoms in football so i just you know like to put that out there but yeah, Ilya, what do, you, what do you think of the, the question earlier? What do you think of the comparison between uh, Serie A and Russian League? Uh, yeah, in overall, I, I agree with Artem that uh, 
we have we actually have fair salaries like in Russian league. The problem is that uh, Russian players usually uh, get uh, a little bit more than they could uh, uh, abroad. So it's like Mirinchak's case, and uh, that's why they uh, not willing to move to move abroad uh, because they they'll never get such a salary in Syria. Maybe in English Premier League, but I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. So that's why they stay here, and that's the thing I, I don't like. Uh, because, like, if we if you try to think about it, that yeah, you can move to Italy, but you lose uh, like uh, a million or two a year. Would you do that for, for like like for what? Because you're you you're not sure that you'll succeed in Italy. Uh, Maybe it's easier to say that what happens to a lot of Russian players right now. Yeah, that's fair. I think. I think it's also a thing of like players. If they had a chance to move, like say you're one of the best players in the league, like let's say Miranchuk, right? Had any team lower than Atlanta in like status or anything else come in for him yeah. and offered him the same money, he'd be like, well, "Is there?" No, I, I think you'd question it as well. It's like you don't want to leave Russia just for the sake of leaving Russia. Like if Kuzayev went out and played for Alaves, I would have been like, "What's the point?" Like I actually, I actually prefer him to come back to Zenit. Like I, I think that okay, right? It's 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 good to have some players playing in like lower teams in Italy and Spain and everything. But like, I don't want our best players playing for those. I prefer them playing in Russia. Like, what would be the reason for them to leave if it wasn't for one of the better teams? Yeah, no, I agree. I think what Miranchuk was linked to clubs like Fiorentina and stuff, and I would have immediately said no to that. I think Shomurdov is probably a general quality player, and of course, if he does well, he'll get a bigger move. But I do agree with you that it is it is good to have high-level players at least. At least have some... Because if you, you know, when you go to clubs that are in the mid-table or even in the lower half of these leagues... You just become just another guy, right? Whereas in the Russian league, you at least, because even if the pool is smaller, you at least have some people appreciating you, or at least you're a fan favorite at some club, right? So that, apart from the money, that's also, I think, something that players consider. But, I mean, yeah, that that's all we sort of have for this um, segment. Now we're just going to start grilling Ilya. Ilya, I'm getting straight to it, right? First of all, I so what I'm going to do is, Okay, you know what? No, okay. Ilya, what are your thoughts on locomotive season thus far? <laughs> Jesus. It's a loaded uh, question. Th- you can take your time, though. I think, no, I think we're actually doing great uh, in terms of what happened before. Uh, and uh, I mean, I like the changes. I mean, maybe you don't see them, but I like, I like that... Uh, Nikolic is actually trying uh, to change something, but uh, still, uh, still playing the same football we did, but uh, maybe some uh, little alterations uh, we have. And uh, of course, uh, I, I don't have any, you know, expectations of uh, the Champions League. Like. Mm. I mean, second place in the group would be fine for me, but 
I'm not sure. You're gonna finish. Sure. You're gonna finish bottom with a goal difference of minus thirty-seven. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? We have Raikovic, man. Raikovic is at the back, though. Like up up front, you have um, nobody. But but wait, do you do you honestly think that Nikolic has done well, though? Uh, the thing is, uh, it doesn't matter who the head coach is because our real coach uh, is uh, Alek Pashinin and uh, he's still in the team. Uh, you know, it, this is his football, not Shamin's or Nikolic's uh, football. Uh, I, I don't know why he doesn't want to be a head coach of Lokomotiv because he's definitely offered such a job. And, right. but, but yeah, he's a tactical genius and doesn't matter, Nikolic or I don't know there are links to um, Martinez, right? That doesn't matter. Uh. Right. Okay. Artem, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you, even though you're a you're not a Lokomotiv fan. What do you think is the biggest issue Lokomotiv have this season? Is uh, it the squad? Is it their manager? Is it their management? Is it their transfers? I don't know the answer to this myself, so I'll just put you on the spot because no reason. I don't think that, like, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I yeah. said I wasn't a fan of the transfers. I do think the transfers should have been better, um, especially if they knew that Miranchuk could be leaving. Obviously, that's, right. you know, things happened quite quickly, but I would have thought that they kind of would have factored that in and thought, okay, right, you know, he's going to be, he's he might be leaving, so let's leave a foreigner spot. For someone who can come in and replace him or something like that, um, but I I don't know I can't really pinpoint it. Like I can't say that I've watched every locomotive game or anything. I've probably only watched one or two this season, so yeah, I, it's not it's really not up for me to say. Right, um, Ilya, what have you thought of your transfer window so far? Uh, I don't know, as good as usual. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, like uh, I didn't expect uh, anything great from transfer window, so I'm I'm really happy we signed another forward, and uh, we actually had have an excuse to uh, to lose. So George reached Dover and these guys send them on loan. Because they definitely don't deserve to be in the team. Uh, oh, Idowu was actually good uh, on YouTube videos. He's a funny guy, but he's not like a left back for Lokomotiv. So, yeah. uh, but if you look at this transfer window, signed Zelus, uh, signed Lisakovic, who's already doing great. Uh, this young talent, Talaladinov. We'll see. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not hope... sure about Kamano. I don't get what why what football is playing because like Kamano is strange transfer, but maybe he'll yeah. shine. But he looks like Joao Maria right now, so I don't really have an opinion on yeah, him. Yeah, I mean that's I forgot uh, Jaroliddinov actually. I tweeted yesterday about how angry I was that he's going to Tambov all clubs in the world. Because I think that's just going to stagnate his development. He's not really going to get much out of that horrible, terrible team that needs to go down. But right, Ilya, I'm going to come. I'm going to cut cut the nonsense. I'm going to come with a straight question: Is Kamano, Adair, and Jay Lewis the best strike partnership the RPL has ever seen? 
Well, <laughs> okay, okay, you know what? Uh, sorry to cut you off. How many goals do you think they'll actually score this season? All three of them combined. First of all, I don't want to sound like a smartass, Hannah, but you, I think you don't speak Portuguese. That's why you pronounce uh, his name wrong. Because wrong. he's not Eder, he's Lord Eder. Let's call him his way from now on. <laughs> and second, like, I, I think it was actually fine even before transfer window. Like, uh, Lord Eder and Smolov is a really good partnership, and we saw that. Yeah against big teams like CSK and stuff. Because uh, if you like, they, they can actually play good football. And I'm not sure about Zalouj, because uh, he's, maybe he's like a Lord Edder type of player, but I don't want to be Lord Edder on the bench, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> and Zalouj and Edder, that would be, that, that, that sounds dangerous, isn't it? It definitely and sounds it dangerous. And it goes up front. <laughs> uh, how, do you, how many goals do you think they'll score overall? Overall? Like always, like, how many goals does Lokomotiv score in a season? Like 20, right? <laughs> yeah. So, right. Uh, Art, how many goals do you think that uh, lethal strike partnership of Adair, Zay Luis and... Um, Kamano, how many goals do you think they'll score combined? Have they scored any yet? I, I don't think so. I think Adair okay. might have one. Let's check, actually. I'm going to say... Four. Four? And, yeah, and three of those are going to be Zedwish. Oh, you really don't rate Kamano, do you? Well, he might get the other goal. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Right. If you don't rate Adele, then that's disrespectful. I mean, I think they'll get like seven, maybe six or seven, maybe because Miranchuk's just gonna put them on a plate. So you. Oh, put... Hannah, we're, we're ten games into the season. They've only got twenty. They've only got twenty games to score those seven goals. That is, I didn't consider that actually. <laughs> the thing is, guys, Lokomotiv is like a perfect team for Adele because. This is actually a team where forwards don't have to score goals. That has always been the case. You don't remember any locomotive forward who could actually score goals because it doesn't matter in this team. Uman like, Niasse. Uh, I don't Did think he? he scored a lot. He was a great player, but Did he? I don't, he, I don't if you look know, at just, his stats... I just named a name, honestly. But um, Oh, he's winning a club. They should have signed him. Yeah, they actually should have signed him. What a legend. But the only player I remember is Diamond Doy. He's a legend, of course. But that was the time when Leonid Kuchuk actually demanded forward to, forwards to score because we had really good uh, early crosses from Vitaly Denisov and Doy yeah. just had one shot and goal. I mean... Niasse had nine. Nah, he had actually. He did pretty well. He had, uh, yeah, like he was actually very good. Eder like, has. Um, Eder, I know this. He has played over a hundred games for Lokomotiv, and he has thirteen goals. So oh my days. And another thing about Eder is that if you look at his name, that's not Eder. <laughs> <Is it really laughs> don't act like he didn't do that on purpose. I really did not do that on purpose. 
His name is a uh, his name is his name, and then at the end he has C O M M. Now, the untrained eye might think that this is like some sort of um, just, I don't know Google mistake or something, but that is actually one of the biggest, one of the highest civilian awards you can get in Portugal. So, uh, Ilya jokingly said that he has Lord in his name, but like he actually because he scored the winner in that final, he actually is like a recognized high order civilian in Portuguese society. and i think he is the only player in the rpl that has that so we really should start respecting adair a bit more maybe but i mean he, he is a lord i don't know the thing is there's no other portuguese player in in the russian league that has it but i'm pretty sure every every player who played in the russian national team during the world cup has um some kind of it's some award from the president of russia something like that yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um uh there's a, there's a lot of players who have like a master of sport award right um but i, I like someone's going to have to correct me on like yeah, someone's going to have to let me know what that's called or whatever please don't let us know russian is called the sport uh, i don't know how it's called <laughs> say it in english but yeah, yeah. all right so and uh, huangin biom also has some sort of medal because he won the asian games with korea so let's just say adair is the only portuguese player in the rpl that has that and you still have to respect him for that but um his stats by the way you can see them there he has 102 games 13 goals and 4 assists so here's what i will say about you from this season i forgot he played for swansea Player play for Swansea. All the legends play for Swansea. Buffettimi Gomez played for Swansea. Uh, Ayu played for Swansea. Wilfred Bony. Wilfred Bony played for Swansea. Michu played for Swansea. Fernando Lorente played for Swansea. This is a huge club. This is a huge club. Can't have a can't debate that. Right. Now we're going to move on to questions and comments. We asked you guys yesterday on Twitter. We got a lot of questions. We got a lot of questions. A lot of good uh, discussion topics. First, we have a very special statement from Offset. Elliot, first of all, do you know who Offset is? Ah, uh, no, unfortunately right. not. So he's like a he's a, he's a rapper. He's a pretty good rapper, and he tweeted out saying, "Apple." No, good is the word. What? I I didn't hear you there. I don't know if "good" is the word. He is good though. Uh. Wait, wait, hold up. Do you think Offset isn't good? We need to have a conversation before Apple Juice now. Do you like really think the Migos and Offset aren't good? I'm not a fan of the Migos, to be honest, man. Yeah, that's disrespectful. I think they're it's not good. disrespectful. They're just not it's good. Pretty good. They're good. Object. I mean, good. it's subject. Music is subjective, but they're good. They have classics. Your Maybe opinion is wrong. My 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 opinion. <laughs> Let us know if you think the Migos are good or not. This is the least Russian football connected topic they we have, discussed. No, 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 no. They, they have some good songs. Lost that doesn't mean they're now. good. They're good. They're. You can have good songs without being no, good. No, no. Listen, the Migos have impacted the hip hop scene. They were one of the first on that entire trap trend that we listen to to this day, right? Hang on, hang on. Eder scored the winning goal for Portugal in the Euros. That would that's as influential like the the Migos Wait, right no, there. Wait, no, okay, no. Listen, no, 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 no. This is extremely <laughs> disrespectful. 
Okay, Ilya is feeling proper lost and he's going to feel lost for the next 10 minutes now because I'm going to go on a rant about Listen, right? Comparing Adair to the Migos is disrespectful because Migos have at least two albums that are at least 8 out of 10, recognized as 8 out of 10. Okay, they two, two albums, okay? Adair scored eight. one goal in the final of the Euros no, and no, one no, goal no. to win Lokomotiv no, the league title. No, no, that's, no, the, that's his two albums. No, those are not his two albums. The Migos, okay, Adair has two things, right? The Migos, so did the Migos started an entire trend of this whole trap shit with Future and maybe Lil Wayne in them. You can't disrespect uh, Tether like started an entire trend of discussing him in this podcast. Exactly. Look, you can't deny the facts here, Hanu. Let's just get back to the football. You, you've got you've to gotta just, you know, no, put no, your I'm... biases aside and just agree that Adair... And the Migos are the same person. To be fair, the Migos are all like five foot five, so and Adair is like six foot seven. So that exactly. So that's when they combine, when they yeah. combine, it's like, did you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh as a child? And you put no. all like that those five cards together to make that one. I only played Match Attacks as a child. What? Match Attacks. That's the only card game I played. Match Attacks or Cricket Attacks. Okay. Anyway. anyway, anyway, yeah. Also, to end off Migos and Adair, I would rather have the three Migos in my football team than one Adair, right? But yeah, but so, look, you've got to you've got to think about the far and the limit here. Oh my God! Wait, <laughs> that was fair play on that one. I don't have a response to that one. I don't. That was fair play. But right, okay. So I tweeted out a few days ago that I like I basically said I retweeted this or I said that he's right. And then Artem, like a second later, comes in my DMs, says podcast topic. But Ilya hasn't spoken for like 10 minutes. So Ilya, which juice is superior, apple juice or orange juice? Uh, what do you like? orange it? juice, orange juice, man. Okay, Artem, what do you think? All right, let me tell you something. Orange juice is good. Apple right. juice is more refreshing. If you want to quench your thirst, really, you want apple juice, not orange juice. I also think that I think that orange juice is good because it can go with a lot of different fruits. Like you can have a mix of orange juice and grapefruit or something like that. It's nice, right? But if you're talking just pure apple juice against pure orange juice, I think I'm gonna have to choose apple juice. I think I'm on. I'm actually on offset's uh, wavelength here. You're on set. I'm on set exactly. Right. You know what, you have actually thought about this with orange juice and apple juice. Here's what I think. I think orange juice is good. It's the second best juice, but it's second to apple juice, right? Like anytime you're going to put two glasses, one's apple juice, one's orange juice, I'm going to take, regardless of the situation, I'm going to take apple juice. I agree that it quenches thirst and, and so on. But uh, Ilya, why do you not like, do you like apple juice at least? Or do you not like it? That. I like apple juice, but I think you don't get it. It's like with Lokomotiv and with Lord Edder, you just uh, can't understand orange juice. That's why I <laughs> like it less. One day we will get Edder on this podcast. One day. That will be like... As long as he day. listened to previous episode, I'm sure he'll come on. Of course he'll come on. Look, Ilya, do you know Edder? Do you know anybody that might be like in the most remote way related to Edder? Yeah, sure. A lot of times, like, like I, I, I watched him coming uh, near me, like when I was in the mix zone, 
in the same so ne- next time you go to the mix zone tell us tell him to please like just harass him to come on this podcast please for us for us you got to do that but yeah. uh, moving on to football related questions believe it or not we are actually here to discuss the beautiful game um adair is actually heavily mentioned here as well this is our adair special as well as our locomotive special first of all i'd like to give a special shout out to this guy called max power who just commented saying troll pride worldwide respect thank you for that and uh none, none, nobody i know follows him so i don't know how he saw it but fair play man uh thanks a lot then we have benzinho who's asking once again how do messi and ronaldo get all the attention when adair is the best player around artem this one's for you since you've been rapping adair for the past 15 minutes You know, I think it's with Cristiano at least. I think it's more to do with looks than ability. I think that's the only thing really. Uh, and I think Messi's Messi's um, fanboys are just they're just that hardcore that they they're blind, they're oblivious to who the real goat is. Adair actually has more international trophies than Messi though. Yeah, it's fact. So and he scored the winner in that one. It is exactly. real, man. There is no joke. Uh, Ilya, what are your thoughts on this matter? Yeah, I don't understand it too. I mean, uh, how many European championships did Messi win? And if you look at Ronaldo's performance in the Euro 2016 final, I mean, he doesn't deserve to be in this team. Come on. Adair is the guy who won the trophies both for Portugal and Lokomotiv. This is just kind of, I don't know, some sort of bias. propaganda. Yeah, I, I think I, like conspiracy theory, why Messi and Ronaldo are more popular than Lord Adair. Can I just say, Messi has never, ever scored a goal in the Euros. He's never, ever scored a goal in the RPL. And he's never even played for Swansea. Yeah, neither Ronaldo has, has never scored the winning goal in uh, the RPL. I don't think either of them have scored against Zenit. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I think he's onto something. And by the way, uh, speaking of Adair, I'm going to give him some proper praise here because Real Madrid have are very thin on striking options. They're almost as bad as Lokomotiv. We have Karim Benzema, who is. unbelievable one of the best strikers in the world even if he's 33 years old then after that we have luka jovic who is the worst player i've ever seen play in a real madrid shirt i would 100% have adair as my backup striker over luka jovic because they and i actually think adair has more goals in 2020 than luka jovic because i think jovic has zero adair has at least one so there's that to very least um artem would you you support uh, Man United. Would you have a direct Man United over Igalo or someone? Sports Senate St. Petersburg. Yeah, but that's going to be boring if we keep talking about Adair and Zenit. <sighs> yeah, instead of Cavani. So the yeah, Paul Scholes said Cavani should be taken on a loan. He was a free agent. So Yeah, look, you so, can loan him from his agent. That's for God's sake. <laughs> Artem is all formed today. Uh, Ilya then asked, he is on the podcast and he asked me Cesar Navas or Keylor Navas. I'm not even going to 
Keylor Navas every day of the week, month, year, millennium, century. Every single day, Keylor Navas. Cesar Navas is some irrelevant old fraud. He used to play for some clubs that I don't even care about. Keylor Navas, greatest goalkeeper of all time. Um, I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to have to out the Marcus to you here. No, uh, I think me and Ilya both would prefer Cesar Navas, right? Ilya, for the sake of no, just say no, Ilya. I mean, this is a stupid question. How how could you compare these guys if like Kellenaus didn't play in RPL? If he should go to RPL and then we'll check, because right now there there's no point in comparing them. Of course, Cesar Navas is better. Exactly. There you go, Hanu. The results are in sixty-six point seven 66.67% of the Russian football, whatever this is, podcast. Don't do that. Agree no. that Cesar Navas say- is the better Navas. No, he just hated on his own question. He just said it's a stupid question because he's basically called himself stupid. He's not said that Keylor Navas is worse than Cesar Navas. David is probably having a fit if he's still listening. He's uh, because because of the stuff I've said for Cesar Navas. But listen, Cesar Navas has never been the captain for the Costa Rican national team. He has never played alongside Brian Ruiz and Joel Campbell. Those are two legends we're talking about here. Martin, you don't have a response to that. I know you don't. I don't need a response to it. We've out democracy you. No, you haven't out democracy me. We have. No, no you haven't. Ilya, il- it's a draw. Oh, uh, come on. Did, did Kellen Alice play along Look, Alan it, Hannah, this is not a this is not a dictatorship, okay? We can vote yeah, freely here. No, it's not. It is. We talked about we picked up Kim Jong-un. Of course there's a dictatorship. All right, General Aladdin. General Aladdin. Right, what was what was Ilya saying? Who was uh, Cesar Navas played alongside? Yanem Via. Alan Kasai. Did he play in London? Who is Alan Kasai? I mean, oh, I he's Kasai. such a throwback player. I mean, I've heard of him, but I'm just like, what's the significance? It's, it's he's a I'm legend. Like. You don't know Alan Kasai. I don't have a... No, I'm a fraud, honestly. With all like, old RPL players, I am I am definitely a fraud. I didn't know uh, Kitsuk played in Portugal in, until Artem told me that two weeks ago. Then uh, Leon Cipher 754 great friend of the show, probably going to get him on soon. He just replied saying, trains. Now, I'm going to make a question out of this. Artem, what's the best train you've ever been on? Best train I've ever been on? Uh, I was on a really, really nice train from Samara to Moscow one time. Right. Uh, that probably would be the one. I can't even remember what it was called. Sapsan or something. Um, but, you know, the worst train was also in Russia that I've ever been on uh, at the World Cup. It was one of those free trains that they yeah. uh, they organized. Me and my friends went from Moscow to Nizhny Novgorod. And um, it was by far the worst train ever. It had no Wi-Fi. It had no air conditioning. Like, it was the stinkiest train of all time. It was sticky. Like, it was just, it was awful. I don't think anybody enjoyed it. And to make it worse, we got to Nishina Novgorod at 4 a.m. So it's like, there's nothing even we could do. I'm just still in shock at you being sad that there being no Wi-Fi in the train. No Wi-Fi is more important than no, um, what's it called? No No air conditioning, exactly. You all have Wi-Fi in trains, man. That's mad. No Indian train. I mean, they probably do. Actually, in India, what happens is uh, they say stuff like, oh, we're going to have free Wi-Fi. But when you go there, it doesn't work. That's India in a nutshell. 
But the best train I've been on would probably be the Sapsan, which was from Moscow to St. Petersburg and back. And there was a train from Madrid to Barcelona, that actually, Barcelona to Madrid in Spain. That was pretty good. That was the first time I ever went on like a foreign train, not a metro. So I was shocked because of how good it was compared to Indian trains. And I mean, Indian trains are all almost the same, so they'd probably be my worst. But Ilya, what's the best and worst train you've ever been on? Just it's hard to say. I, I can only recall one story when I was in a train uh, with two Indians going from uh, Moscow to St. Petersburg to watch an amazing game between uh, Sweden and Switzerland. And uh, they had a like Bonacqua bottle, and I also have Bonacqua bottle, so I uh, decided to drink a bit. And uh, I found out they didn't actually have water in their bottle, they had something like vodka. So uh, I I didn't know Indians drink vodka, but I, I wasn't happy at all because <laughs> I I like I really swelled a, a lot. Uh, that's why maybe I don't like Russian trains during the World Cup because you can actually accidentally drink vodka. That was the worst train probably. Right. As for the best train, uh, I have to say it wasn't in Russia. Maybe. Something in France, Paris, Denise, maybe. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just remember that I was on a bullet train at one time, and I don't. It was a good train, than the one in Japan. But I've not been on too many trains actually. We're not we're not the most educated people when it comes to trains, metro and stuff. That's different. But Leon specifically said just train, so we're gonna stick to that. Now is the best question we've ever had on this podcast. Why is Yuri Seven crying over Kweecha leaving my leaving Loco my favorite bedtime story? Ilya, this floor is all yours. You can hate on Kweecha for the next 15 minutes for all we care. You know, I agree with David. I don't, I don't understand why Yuri Seven is actually crying because Kweecha Kvartshelly's got kind of the most uh, overestimated player in the Russian league, probably. Can you name anyone else uh, and the thing is that always happens with Ruben I think Ruben should be disqualified from R- RPL for stealing useless players from Lockham to Moscow if I remember it happened like first time it happened a couple of years ago when they stole uh, uh, Rifat Jamaluddinov and Georgi Mahatadze so they ruined their careers. Makatadze now is in Kazanka, and Jamaladinov is just a, a bench player in Lokomotiv Moscow. Uh, then they tried to steal Miranchuk brothers, but thank God they are smart, so they decided to stay. Wait, did uh, they? Did they try to take Miranchuk from Loko? Yeah, they, they, they tried to take both when they had, like... Uh, I guess they had six months on their contract, so they oh, okay. go for, they took for Tarasov free. as well. They took Tarasov from you too. They took Tarasov. They took Nikita Medvedev. I mean, the guy didn't play football, and they still decided to sell him. I mean, was was the point? Is just they tried to mock Lokomotiv for no reason. I, I think that they should be disqualified for the, for doing that. They do it consistently for like a couple of years. As for Kvicha Kvartshele, he's not even worth mentioning in this podcast. Come on, the guys had like amazing stats, 
David always mentions like dribbles or something that he doesn't know what to do with the ball. That maybe like the Ruben is so weak they just give ball to Kvitsa so he can have some fun. But uh, I mean, <laughs> no, that's fair. If you actually look at the players Ruben have played, they have played. They have played like the most randomest players. Artem. <laughs> They've had Alex Song, Mubarak Wakaso, a load of players, Obafemi Martins, ton of players we've never even heard of. They had a guy from Jamaica. They had Ansaridi. They also had Yanam Via. Don't forget Carlos Eduardo. Carlos Eduardo. They had... Who are these guys? Marco Devic. Never heard of Marco Devic, but still... Uh, they really do have... Look at the Georgians. They could feed an entire 11 of Georgians. Oh, they had Eremenko as well. I completely forgot about that. But, uh... Oh, they were affiliated to a club called Tractor in Iran. Then moving on to the, the next question we have is... This is actually a, a football question and I'm going to leave it up to uh, uh, Ilya. Will Anton Berancho crash to the challenge of stepping up into his brother's shoes now that he's left for Italy? Um, Ilya, what do you think? Yeah, of course, man. he's already doing that uh, uh, scoring goals for national team and had assists for Lokomotiv. And I think he's a, uh, really a different type of player. Uh, he can actually more like a, a false nine, maybe. And... Uh, and I like what I saw uh, in Russian national team, actually. Maybe uh, Lokomotiv should just steal uh, Zenit tactics and have uh, Eder and Anton Mirantuk up front uh, with just Eder winning aerial duels and Mirantuk scoring. Maybe yeah. that will be, be useful. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure... Mirantuk will leave Lokomotiv in a couple of years because he's talented. Mm-hmm. To maybe he'll join uh, his brother in Atlanta. Yeah. Artem, what do, you, what do you think of? Uh, do you think Anton is going to be as good? Uh, it's going to be tough to be as good, but I think he's got the, the talent. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Plays really well for both the Russian national team and Lokomotiv. So I do hope he can fill that slot, and hopefully he can follow his brother into Europe as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he'll have uh, as, given Milanchuk goes on to like play for some really big clubs, I don't think he'll have as storied of a career, but I still think he will have a pretty respectable career. He'll always be, you know, in the, the top players in the RPL, maybe even get a decent move to Europe. Won't reach as high heights as uh, Alexi, but he's still going to do pretty, pretty well. Um, next question is courtesy of Richard David Pike again. Is Ilya, what are your earliest memories of following Lokomotiv Moscow? Finally, what are your best moment as a local fan and your worst? Well, it's a really hard question. I started following Lokomotiv Moscow in 1998 after the World Cup. So during the World Cup, I supported Colombia because I just uh, like the name of the country. So it was interesting to name the country after a guy. So then I looked at the RPL table and I chose Lokomotiv for the same reason because it's a, it's a fun name. But as for memory, earliest memory, I think 
that was my uh, first uh, uh, live game. We went to Russian Cup final between Dinamo, Moscow and Zenit. And uh, I didn't understand that because uh, I remember that I was already a locomotive fan, but my dad was a Dinamo fan, so he decided uh, to go to this game with me. And that's why I uh, supported Zenit. Uh, I, I remember that feeling that when, when Dinamo were winning uh, uh, after the first half, and I just hated them, but hated them being a locomotive fan supporting Zenit. So that, that's maybe mm. the hardest I have. Yeah, and I, Zenit actually won. So. So yeah, that was a great game. And uh, as for best moment as a locker fan, maybe that game against uh, Tyrol when they uh, and I'll, if you know the story, we we, we were in a, a play, Champions League playoff to qualify for a group stage, and uh, we won the first leg three one, and the second leg. Also wanted, but uh, ref was like uh, a grand Paul. He showed the second yellow to our player, but mm. he <laughs> didn't show red card. And UEFA decided to replay this game. And you lost. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was a great decision, and we lost. But uh, we lost just nil uh, uh, to one. So uh, that was. Uh, uh, the great, maybe the greatest goalkeeper performance uh, I've ever seen. Maybe uh, I, I don't know he was better than Keller Navas. I know for sure. That's saying something. Yeah, he made so so many saves. Be better than Manuel Nor in the Champions League final. Just look <laughs> at the highlights. The, I mean, I don't know how many saves saved. Like there were like six or seven, and uh, and. We didn't concede the second goal. That's why we qualified, uh, right. of course. Then Nigma Tulin went to Verona and was completely forgotten. He played just one game in the top league. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe that was the best moment. Uh, also, I also remember when we were competing in 2003 Champions League uh, we had a group with Arsenal, Inter, and Dynamo Kiev, and yeah. uh, that was like uh, uh, we were losing to Arsenal in the sixth, uh, sixth round in the group stage, and uh, Inter had to win against uh, Dynamo Kiev uh, to qualify. We needed a, a draw between Inter and Dynamo Kiev, and I didn't have a chance to watch this game because I was abroad. We had only three TV channels, so I followed it uh, on teletext. Yeah. You remember that thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, I probably wasn't born then. So, Artem, do you know teletext? Repeat that for me. Do you know what teletext is? Or is it? Is oh, it of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's. that's teletext a is a fucking. That, that used to be the, the absolute shit. Like, I used to. I, I remember I used to come back from like football at the weekends playing for like whatever my under sevens or my other eight teams and my dad would be like, All right, let's check what the scores were in the game. He had to go on the television and fucking get the teletext up. 
that's mad. I, I've never been through that. By the time I got interested in football, there was Google and stuff. So and like you could search up scores. So I've never had the pleasure of uh, enjoying Teletext. But I have seen some pictures of that, and it it, it looks really tedious. Was it that hard to get it up? Because it's like uh, you remember those old keypad phones where you had to like press the same thing seven times to get to like a letter. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is it like yeah, yeah. hard to use Teletext, or is it simple? The, you know, it's like a live text broadcast, yeah. but it's not live. So it's, it's, you just <laughs> you have to maybe I, I think you have to renew it yourself. And I just saw Inter one Dynamo Kiev nil and just sitting next to TV and praying. And then I suddenly renewed and I see it's one one. I I really became crazy. I ruined my room. My parents weren't happy at all. Yeah, but like I mean, watching this game on teletext, me yeah, have great memories. <laughs> well, it sounds fun. You know, I'm gonna try and like look up teletext and see what it was like. The last question. No, it's, asked, it's not gonna be the same because you're gonna be you're gonna go in with fresh eyes and you're not gonna have the nostalgic feeling. You're just gonna be like, well, this is absolutely shit because it is shit. It was, it was probably the worst. Like, is technology essentially that could have been made in the '80s? Like it's 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 really like the only thing about it is that it's nostalgic. That everybody went through the same thing of oh let's look up scores or like let's look up the TV guide or whatever on it. Like that's the only reason because people are like whoa that's so long ago. That's fair. I, I don't know. You are right about that nostalgic thing because a lot lot of stuff people rave about doesn't appeal to me. But um, still. The last question is: Ask Ilya when he will open the Lokomotiv fan club in Norway. Before we get to that, Artem, when are you opening the uh, Zenit fan club in Ireland? When's that happening? It's already open. Where is it? Why do we not have a Twitter page? Why do we have no idea where it is? No, I'm joking. But there is um, there's a couple of people. I remember I was walking around. Like I used to go to UCD, which is um, I think the biggest in terms of students, college in in Ireland. It's like thirty three thousand or something like that. So like. Once in a while, I'd see like a Zenit or like a Spartak kit, and I'm like, "What? Who? <laughs> where? Where did you even get that from?" Nabi, you should. I mean, you should have just walked up to them and said, "Hey, you want to start an RPL fan club?" Just like that, just like that. Maybe you should start FC Zenit Ireland, talking Irish Gaelic in the whole time in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna but, lie. Uh, yeah. I've for- forgotten all my Irish in secondary school, so... Uh, yeah, anyway, Ilya, when are you starting the Lokomotiv fan club in Norway? I don't, maybe I already did, because I'm pretty sure I uh, had the first uh, Lokomotiv t-shirt uh, in Norway, uh, with the Ismailov last name on the back. Uh, so, maybe I did, and, you know... Uh, the only game I attended in Norway when I was uh, here was uh, uh, Norway against Russia in 2004. Uh, it was a fun game, 3-2, and it was the uh, first game Igrakinski have played for his national team. So uh, that, that was actually a legendary game to attend. Um, of course, I cheered the locomotive player, and I, and I was angry that Ovchinikov didn't play because I really thought he he was a better keeper. I, I didn't change my mind. 
Avchinko is still better keeper than Igarek and Faith. So, <laughs> so yeah. And, uh, I think I did. Uh, but to, to tell the truth, when I was in Norway, I supported Valeranga. <laughs> I was Valeranga. a hard Valeranga fan. Yeah. That's fair. We've learned a lot about you and like each other in this in this episode. But um, do we do we have anything to discuss? Are there anything else you'd like to discuss? I think that's it for me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ilya, it's been great having you on. Obviously, we've discussed a lot. We've talked about locomotive. We've uh, everybody who sent in a question. Thanks a lot. We're going to put out tweets every every single week. So just send in your questions. Uh, we're going to continue having more guests on. We're going to probably do a stream for one of the Champions League games next week. So anyone that's want to, that wants to get involved, just hit us up with a message. And uh, Ilya, before we go, would you like to plug your uh, Twitter account and anything else that you'd like to promote? So my Twitter is uh, LokoSokol, L-O-K-O-S-O-K-O-L. Right. Um, Artem, before we go, anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I mean, thanks as always for listening. If you're still here, um, leave a thumbs up, leave a gold medal on SportsRex. Yeah. Subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and I guess we'll see you all next week.